Do you want to live a beautiful life that reflects the truth of who you are? Be bold and courageous as you step into your heartfelt desires. How does trusting yourself fully and connecting with your soul's purpose sound? The Unplanned Mom Podcast is a potent mix of real life stories, practical spiritual teachings, and a community to help guide you for eternity. This is the place for inspiration, with down-to-earth tools to help you pivot and continue to live your best life beyond your wildest dreams. Here we honor your deepest authentic truth, embrace motherhood, talk all things money, mindset, and most importantly, miracles. So are you ready to say yes to all of this? If so, then let's dive in. I'm your host, Ashley Simmons, financial coach, mentor, and unplanned mom to three amazing girls. I have been praying for you and I can't wait to dive in. So let's go. Hey friends, just a quick heads up in case you listen to episode number 25, I want to let you know that this is part one of that same interview. If you didn't listen to number 25, this is part one. We've broken them out into about 20 minute increments um, for this week so that it can be a little bit more manageable to listen to the entire interview with Dr. Susan Harmio as she shares her story of being post-abortive four times, um, learning that she was conceived and raped, just her whole journey and experience from learning about that, overcoming addiction, and then going on to get her doctorate in divinity. So it's an incredible interview. I can't wait for you to take a listen to it. If you want to listen from minute one all the way to 121, go back to episode number 25. You'll hear the entire thing on that episode. This is just part one, and then the rest of the episodes will be broken down again into smaller sections in the following days. So can't wait to hear what you guys think about this episode. So, so excited to have her on and um, happy listening. Hey friends, welcome back to the Unplanned Mom School podcast. I am Ashley Simmons. I'm the founder of the Unplanned Mom School, and I am just so excited to introduce you introduce to you one of my near and dear friends, Dr. Susan Harmio. Um, I want to just share just this amazing welcome that she has on her page, on her website, and we're going to dive into all of this, but just here's really just a snapshot of this woman and what all that she has done and accomplished. So back in 2007, after 35 years of wandering and pain, hardship, and trauma, the results of trying to satisfy self-driven needs, wants, and desires, she was transformed instantly through an encounter with God. With his amazing gifts of unconditional love, grace, and healing, which he offers freely to each and every one of us, God rewrote her heart from the inside out. The very sins that she committed against him, he washed away, releasing her from the guilt, shame, bitterness, and resentment in which she was trapped. And he invited her to wholesome wholeness in him, restoring the innocence that she had lost at a young age. Through God's grace, she is now able to share with others the experience she once kept hidden, using the, these events to minister to their hearts and inviting them to experience deliverance and freedom they may not think is possible. And so Susan, um, she's an ordained, she's an ordained minister under the assemblies of God. Uh, welcome Susan. It's so good to see you. <laughs> it's so good to see you, Ashley. I just Hi. love you so much. And thank you so much for having me on with you today. Yeah, no, it's totally my pleasure. And I, you know, for a quick story, I mean, we do know each other, you and I have a long history together. And so I just think that it's so cool how God has 
brought us back together because we crossed paths. I'm trying to think about this before we hopped on. It was what, back in maybe 2008? Nine. Yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah somewhere eight, right nine. in there. Yeah, yeah I just moved back to Missouri from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So we came across each other and God just kind of kept us together. Yeah, well, I had tried, tried, started my blog and was really interested in, in just life-affirming work. And I was working at a bank at that time, and I was in the marketing department. I always had to cut out clippings of newspapers, like where we were running ads. And I saw your story in the paper about your post-abortive care. Yes. And so you have just a heart and a story and are just doing so many incredible things. And I can't wait to share with our audience just what exactly you are doing. Yes, God is good. So I'm so thankful. And um, I remember you reaching out to me. And ever since then, we've just stayed in touch. And I'm just so super proud of you. And um, again, it's an honor to be here with you. And I'm just truly grateful for your friendship over the years. Yeah. Well, likewise, back at yeah. you. I mean, you've helped me through good times, bad times and everything in between and still continue to. So I'm very, very thankful. And you as well. <laughs> I'm sure I shed many a tears to you. Uh, same here. I know we could probably write a book just between our friendship and things that we know and have experienced, but Right. At the end of the day, I mean, we both have just, we see, I mean, just God's goodness through all of these unplanned moments. I didn't plan yeah. on that, but yes, yeah. So I know I'm going to kind of go a little different route. So I, you know, I bet I, my background's marketing, advertising for anybody that really doesn't know too much about me. So this chat GPT. So I mentioned this to Susan. We did have a little dialogue right before we hopped on. She hadn't heard of this. So I want to quiz her. So if everybody that's hearing artificial intelligence, all these things that are going on in the world, you can, you can ask basically this bot you can ask the bot questions. And so I asked the bot a question. And so I want to run through the answers with you and see what you think, if this is true or not. So I asked the bot, what do post-abortive women need to hear? And so chat GPT told me as an AI language model, I do not have personal beliefs or opinions, but I can provide some general information that might be helpful. These are short. So here's what it says. Post-abortive women may need to hear is one that they are not alone that many women have had abortions, two, that they that it is okay to feel a range of emotions after an abortion, such as sadness, guilt, or relief, three, that healing is possible and there are resources available to help them process their emotions, four, that they are still valuable and loved, go bot, uh, regardless, it says regardless of their decision to have an abortion, five, that there is no right or wrong way to feel after an abortion, that each woman's experience is unique. Six, that they have the power to take control of their future and make positive choices for themselves. Seven, that they should not feel ashamed or judged for their decision and that everyone deserves compassion and understanding. And eight, that seeking support from trusted friends, family, or professional can be beneficial. So Susan, would you agree with the bot? with these eight things that women need to hear after they've had an abortion? You know, I don't necessarily agree with all of them, um, you know, but for those of you that don't know, um, I am post-abortive. Um, I had some situations, of course, I found myself pregnant when I was in college and um, had my first abortion and ended up having two more as a total of three um, total so, you know, 
when you encounter the situation of finding out that you're pregnant, of course, you have decisions to make. And many of us come into that place where we're just scared. We don't know what to do. Of course, me different than you, Ashley, you know, I chose differently than you. Um, I had had um, a few other friends that had abortions and I had reached out to them for some advice. And so that's kind of where I was geared. Um, I also grew up, um, you know, in the church. And so, you know, I was taught that, you know, abortion was wrong and you, you know, you don't do those things. So I think when I encountered that situation that I was in originally, um, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know who to turn to. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, what I thought I was making the best decision that I could make at the time, but immediately, you know, even before you have an abortion, the shame and the guilt are just right there. You know, the judgment, what are people going to think of me? What is that decision? You know, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to stay in school and have a child? You know, yeah. now you yeah. obviously are a great example that you can do both. I think that at the time, you know, I was in a sorority. I, you know, had this social life. I had this. Um, persona of who I wanted to portray that I was versus the actions that I was really having. Um, you know, very few people knew really what I was doing um, because I call it, you know, living one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. I portrayed that I was one person, but I was really living this double life, yeah. um, you know, and had found myself in a, you know, promiscuous place, you know, growing up, just looking for love, wanting someone to love me. Of course, that relationship that I was in, you know, made the decision, you know, we made the decision that I would have an abortion. So of course I went out of state to do that because I thought no one would ever find out if I just drove, you know, far enough away, you know, it would just go away and be gone. And unfortunately that's not how it works. Yeah. So did the guy, you did tell the guy? I did tell him, um, you know, I wanted his opinion, but I had already made up my mind because I was just thinking long-term, you know, how could I get through college? I would have to quit. And, you know, the relationship that I was in, he was in another state. And so, you know, it's not like we were together every day, Um, you know, so I I didn't know what else to do. And- that's what I thought was the thing to do. And also, you know, I wanted my career. I had set out that, you know, I had grown up, unfortunately, you know, in some poverty situations and I just wanted to be successful. And to me, success was money, you know, the house, the cars, the whatever, you know, the marriage. And that was success to me. Yeah. So I was, you know, fighting to get that. And I just, at the time, you know, I didn't want anything in my way. And I thought this child would get in the way of my success. And, um, you know, who else was going to make it happen but me if I didn't make it happen, right? Right, yeah. So, yeah, and I, you know, in my situation, I grew up without a father. You know, we can talk more about that here along the way, but you know, I didn't have someone that I could lean back on. I didn't come from a, a 
place of wealth or that I could reach out to someone like I needed help or Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like I had that. And I certainly did not want to bring shame to my family that here I was this unwed pregnant girl, Mm -hmm. you know, I had put a persona on myself and um, just a place of judgment that that was my going to be my way out. Mm-hmm. I think when women are listening to this, so many of them are going to relate to that because we all, you know, we all want to better ourselves. I mean, I think most women do. And that's probably, you know, I don't, you are are the expert in this. So I know you do a lot of post-abortive care. And I mean, there's so many things I want to ask about, but, um, you know, just going back to that. So it was a decision that you made, you told the dad, um, do you want to go into the other abortions or should we? Yeah. So, well, you know, um, I, I will just say this. I just do want to share this. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember feeling like something was weird and strange. And I actually had one of my girlfriends um, not at school. She was in my hometown about 30 minutes away. She brought me a pregnancy test and I took it. Okay. And it was positive. And I remember calling her going like, what am I going to do? So, you know, I was conversing more with my girlfriend than him because, I, you know, I felt like I needed to make a decision yeah. before then. And there's some guys out there that never have a say, mm-hmm. um, you know, because or they never know because the person, you know, that young lady or that woman makes that decision without conversing with them. So by the time I had that conversation with him, I kind of knew what I was going to do. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that was the decision and that, you know, um, so I found that abortion clinic actually in that particular state where he was, and it was within a couple hours of where he lived and, um, you know, drove over the weekend and did it over the weekend while I was in college, not telling anyone, of course, other than my girlfriend and he knew what was going on. Um, the second abortion was with the same guy. I ended up graduating from college. I moved to where he was, got a job and found myself within a year pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we weren't in any place to get married or, you know, we had, I guess, trouble in our relationship. You know, we weren't headed towards marriage and that wasn't something that we even talked about. Like looking back now, I'm thinking, my gosh, we didn't even talk about like, let's just get married. Um, We didn't do that. It was okay. You know, you know what to do. Um, He traveled for his work. So I found myself in an abortion clinic. Um, You didn't even know it was an abortion clinic. It looked like an office building and it had tinted windows. And I went by myself. And um, completely different situation than the first time because he went with me. This time I was like, I'm fine. You know, I'm tough. I'll go by myself. And I checked in and um, they put me in the waiting room and they're like, do you have someone with you? And I said, I don't. I was like, "Um, you know, can't I just stay here by myself? Can't I just sleep off Mm -hmm. um, the drugs? Will you just allow me to stay here and I'll just drive myself home? Yeah. Did they let you? They did. They did. And 
honestly, it was horrific. Uh, just the whole experience was a totally different situation. You know, I was on a metal table. Think, just mm-hmm. it was just a dark. You know, those back alley type places. It was something more like that, and um, you know, just a horrific experience. Yeah. And I, you know, laid on that table. They left me there for a few hours, and um, once I was coherent enough to get up and kind of get something in, you know, in my body. Mm-hmm. I just acted like I had it together. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm out of here. And they let me go. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, looking back, it was just it's horrible, horrible. Who allows someone to, you know, it's a surgical abortion. So it's not like. Now we're both of these in um, your first trimester. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you remember, I mean, so you're talking about the second experience laying on the metal table, which sounds just horrific in and of itself. And then, yeah, I'm not, you know, them not truly caring, you know, letting you leave on your own. Do you remember the first one or do you think you're, you, you kind of blocked it out? Like you're just trying to, you know, not experience it again in your brain. Well, you know, I think at that time, I think I knew what to quote expect, but I have to tell you for me, each experience was different. I think my heart gotten harder every time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I became more, um, honestly, just, um, you know, I was tough. I could handle it. And, you know, I've had one, what's another one. It's no big deal. Mm -hmm. And it was a big deal. And every time it just took me to a different place Yeah. and realizing that not only my heart was being hardened, but my soul, my mind, my experiences. And, you know, any trauma that we experience, it's stored in our brain. Mm -hmm. So as much as you think you can't remember it or you're like pushing it aside or pushing Mm -hmm. it somewhere, it's still in you and it affects you in ways that you may not even realize, even through sounds or, um, triggers. Yeah. You can have triggers. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but again, you know, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good to go. Had my cookie, had my juice, you know, whatever that was that they gave me. And I just shook it off and acted like it was no big deal. Um, so at this point, God, I mean, God hadn't really entered your life yet. You knew about God, you grew up in the church, but you still wanted to be the career woman, have the money, have the things, you know, have the life that you didn't have growing up that that's where, I mean, that's where your priority was. And so yeah, that's definitely my priority. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in the church and I, you know, I, I sang all the songs I was in choir. I mean, you know. I have a wonderful family, Mm -hmm. um, but I was just in a place, I think, you know, growing up without a father, never really knowing my identity. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know my identity through the Lord, through Christ. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I knew all that. I learned Bible verses. I went to church camp. I was in church, you know, Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, you know, um, no, I didn't know that extent that, that, yeah, I mean, I was. Yeah. I mean, I, that's how, I don't know any different, but 
as I started growing up, going into middle school, high school, you know, things started to change. And I, you know, I, I was always angry. Well, now that I started having these abortions, I mean, I was really angry mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out, was I angry because I- All right, that concludes part one of this long, amazing and incredible interview. So just follow along, hit the next next episode to play and listen, or if you're going to go do something or just know next in the queue is going to be part two of this incredible interview with Dr. Susan Harmio. All right, my sweet mamas, if you are tuning in and have a friend's name that just keeps popping up in your mind right now, then go ahead, grab the link, copy and paste it and shoot them a quick text and just tell them that you were thinking of them. After all, we're all here to help each other. And if this episode resonated with you, there's a pretty good chance it's something and it will resonate with them as well. This show is for you. So do me a solid, go ahead, share it. So you can share it with that one person that comes to your mind and we can spread the love to our sisters. And if you really, really loved it, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review. All right, my sweet friends, thanks so much for tuning in. I will catch you next week. If you need any more inspiration between now and then, come on over and check us out on TikTok. See you soon.